thank you for listening to our podcast. We pray that the word that you hear on this program will encourage, strengthen, and motivate you to do the will of God. Be blessed by today's message. The past couple of months, my mind has been spinning out of control. You can let, as, as a man or woman of God, you can let your mind spin out of control to a place where it affects you spiritually. It affects what you know. It messes with your theology of what you know that the Word of God says. Now, I've been hearing the Lord speak to me, walk in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. And what I thought walking in the Spirit was, it was so much more than what I thought that it was. I thought walking in the Spirit was just seeing it the way that you think that God sees it. But it's more than just seeing it the way that God sees it. It's acting upon the way that you see that God sees. I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but it didn't make any sense to me up until just recently. This is, where, this is where I've been at in my, in my mind and in my spirit. When you get on the airplane, and Pastor, the message he preached last Sunday, everything that he said was my notes for last Wednesday night. I'm telling you, everything he said was my notes. Even analogies that he used, I'm, I'll bring up again just to, just to assure you that what you said was exactly what I had for Wednesday night. But... When you get on an airplane, one of the first things they do before everyone even gets seated is they, they go to the seat where the emergency escape window is, and they make sure that whoever's sitting there, they make sure that someone sits there is capable of handling the process of evacuation if it calls for that window to be opened, that you are capable of that procedure. And I feel like that I've been on an airplane in every area of my life besides my own family. That I've been on an airplane and I was given the position to sit by that window and there's not just turbulence is going on, but the engines are starting to malfunction. The plane, the pilot don't have to get over the intercom and tell you that that the plane is crashing. And I, my heart's where it needs to be in, the, in God. I'm still saved. But I'm telling you, these are mind games. These are mind games. The plane is on a steep slope. And I'm the first in line. The stewardess, they're just sitting up there. They're not doing nothing. The pilot's not saying nothing over the intercom. And everyone in the room is looking at me to do something. And my flesh wants to open the hatch and tell everybody to jump out because we're going to die. But in my spirit, I know that I have not been given the instructions to do so yet by the pilot. And you said, man, what in the world are you, what, 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 what kind of things do your mind would go to to come up with something like that? I'm telling you, 
if you let, I'm not talking about sin. I'm talking about just in your mind, if, if the Lord spoke to me and says, if you can control your thoughts, you can conquer anything. Anything. One of the things that pastor said, I remember flying home from, from Louisiana. This is when I was younger. I went to see my grandparents. And, and when I left Baton Rouge, it was beautiful outside. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. It was beautiful. And when we landed, when I landed in, in Lexington, as soon as I crossed under those clouds and I got off the plane and I walked out to get in the truck, it was ugly outside. It was raining. It was ugly. And this week, the Lord spoke to me as I'm driving down the road and it's ugly outside. That just because what you see with your physical eyes, it's rainy, it's storming, it's ugly. On the other side of those clouds, the sun is still shining every single day. That sun comes out every day, and it shines on the other side of those clouds. That's walking in the spirit. Walking in the spirit is, I know this sounds so crazy, I just got to get, get this out, is sitting in a room in your own house, and you watch someone break in your house, and you're sitting on the couch, and you're watching it happen, and they're ramshacking your house, they're stealing things, they're breaking everything in your house, but in the spirit, all you could do is watch it, because God said, I've not given you instructions to do anything. You said, why would you let something like that happen? That's walking in the spirit. When you have when you're faced with a situation that you know you can do something about it that could fix it or at least make it a little bit better, and something inside of you is telling you you can't do that. You can't operate in the flesh. Although it would be, in your eyes, a good thing, you can't operate in the flesh. You have to see this in the spirit, I've gave this analogy of with our eyes, we see things that is around us, but you turn the lights off, you can't see nothing. But you put night vision glasses on, you can see what's going on in the dark. That is viewing it in the spirit. If you could see the demonic force that is behind what you are physically feeling and what you are every day, the things that you walk through every day, we can't let our minds be so distracted. But by what is real, it's real, it's tangible. We can feel these things. We can talk about these things. We can act upon these things. And that's why it's so hard to see it the way that God sees it because it goes against, it goes completely against our flesh man. It's like breathing underwater without an oxygen tank. It's impossible. That is operating in the spirit is is he expects us to walk in the spirit because as crazy as sometimes it's it it is that God's telling us to think a different way 
the Bible says that he uses the foolish things to confound the wise. So there's where I open. There's where I open. If you can control your thoughts, you can conquer anything. Romans 12.2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When pastor called me, and I shared with him some stuff, that is the verse that he shared right back to me, and it's the truth. When you wake up every single morning, every morning I wake up, the first thing that comes to my mind is, okay, God, I got, I got, to, get, I got to get my mind focused because today my mind will be bombarded. I will be confused by something, and I cannot act upon what my flesh would tell me to do. I have to operate in the spirit. So right now, I'm asking you to remove, re, renew my mind because your word says it's to be done daily. And today, I will walk in the spirit. This is not a normal message. I would minister. I just feel so led to share this with someone. Every single day, something has came up within the past two weeks or say the past month that has challenged me to stop. And I'm not going to sit here and say I have walked in the spirit every single day. I have not. I've came home. I've talked about it to my family, to my wife. I sit in bed and sit and sit and talk about things of why are these, hap- why are these things happening the way they're happening? Why can't I do something about it? Why can't I change the situation? God says, do this, do this, and do this, and don't do this, don't do this, and don't do this. I have not done this, this, and this, and I've done the things that he's told me to do. Why is the situation, why am I faced with the situation that I am? And what happens is when you don't instantly start looking at it in the spirit and operating in the spirit, what's going to happen is you are going to start having conversations with your mind in the flesh, and then your mind's going to start spinning out of control, completely out of control. And I'm telling you, oh, Lord Jesus, someone said something to me this past week of their mind was in the same position, and the Lord spoke to them. And let me tell you something. This is why, this is why I'm sharing this with you. Because it's one thing for me to tell you a story about someone that's been addicted to drugs their entire life and how God set them free. But it's another thing if I stood up here and told you that I was addicted to drugs and the Lord set me free. So what I'm telling you is talk to your brothers and sisters in Christ because they will uplift you. That's the, that's the purpose of the church. We are in this together. I spoke with someone, and I didn't know that they were going through the same thing I was going through in their own home and their situations, and they gave me a scripture that they said that the Lord gave them this scripture, and it caused them to repent. And when they repented, things began to change There was things that the enemy stole from them, even financially. It was brought back just like that. There were things restored, and they said, I can sleep at nighttime. And let me tell you something, church. When this person told me this, 
before I can even begin to repent, I already felt the change breaking off of me because there's still power in this word. There is still power in this word. We must activate it. It's in us. Everyone here, I've seen you hundreds and hundreds of times in this place. You've been under the word of God. You've heard it. Even if you've never opened your Bible, you've been in this place enough. You've got enough of it in you. You can't let it sit. You have to activate it. Your position is something the Lord spoke to me. Your position, where you are right now, your position is priority in the process. David Jarvis, your position where you are right now, it's priority for you to be here in the process. And I'm going to explain to you why. I heard the Lord say to me this week, what makes you think that you have what it takes to heal the sick, cast out devils, change the atmosphere with your presence like the men of old that completely sold out everything for God and God stripped them of all of their flesh. That's, 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 that's pretty hard when you, when you feel the Lord speak that to you. It goes, against, it goes against a lot of what I've been taught. Have you been praying for great faith? Have you been praying for God to operate fully in the gifts of the Spirit through you? Have you been praying for God to use you like never before? Have you ever told God, whatever it takes, God, whatever it takes? What if I told you that God has heard those questions and where you are right now is the position and the process of priority to get you to those things that you just asked God for? The olive oil has to go through the process of three things before the oil can be extracted. Pressing, beating, and straining. Pressing, imagine an olive, pressed, beat, and strained over and over and over again. What does the oil represent? The anointing. Isaiah 10, 27 says, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder. What you're going through and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. You've been asking God, why does it feel like I keep getting pressed harder on every side. I'm strained. I'm drained. I'm getting beaten. You are in the olive press. And if you allow the Holy Spirit to renew your mind daily, the yokes of bondage will be broken off of your neck because of the oil from the pressing and the beating and the straining. 
the anointing. So what you're facing to you may be a fleshly situation. But what I'm telling you is what you're going through is a spiritual position that God has put you in priority with a purpose right where you are. Isaiah 61, verse 1 and 4 says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, repairing cities destroyed long ago. They will revive them, though they have been deserted for many generations. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring news to you. Why is it important that you don't stop that you don't quit, you don't throw in the towel, you don't leave, you don't change the way you're doing what you're doing, but it's so important for you to pick up this word and read this word and take it for its value and let your word, let your mind be renewed every day because what you're going through, you are in the olive press and you're being pressed and you're being shaken and you're being beating and you're being strained and what's coming out of you is going to be an anointing because you prayed for this, you did it to yourself. You did it to yourself. Why is it so important? I think it was Brother Payne said this. I've heard someone say it. I pointed to him because it sounded like something he would say. It's pretty strong, pretty bold. I agree with it. People ain't got no business ministering. People ain't got no business whatsoever doing anything that's held in a high accountable place without the Holy Spirit. What did Jesus tell the people? He said, you wait here. You stay here. You don't leave. You don't go where, you know, I know you know you've seen it. You've seen what just happened. I know it's in you. You want to run and tell everybody what you just seen. But he said, you stay here until you are endued with power from on high. There's a reason, there's a purpose for the anointing, and that's what it's all about. We want to see our friends, our family, this life, this world change. It's only going to change by the anointing. I'm almost finished. Genesis 26. Verse 17, so Isaac moved away to the Gerar Valley where he set up tents and settled down. I want you to, I want you to really pay attention to what I'm, what I'm getting ready to share with you. He opened the wells that his father Abraham had dug, which the Philistines had filled in after Abraham's death. So he got to the city and he dug up the wells 
that his father had named. They were flowing. There was purpose. They were blessed. He dug them up. It says he reopened the wells his father dug when the Philistines had filled in after Abraham's death. Isaac also restored the names that his father Abraham had given them. There was importance to every bit of this. Isaac's servants also dug in the Gerer Valley and discovered a well of fresh water. Why would you dig up a well just to look at it? You dig up a well for a purpose. He started digging these wells up, and they were dry. And he gets to this one well, and it wasn't dry. Full of fresh water. But the shepherds from Gerer, however you say that, came and claimed the spring. They said, this is our water, they said. And they argued over it with Isaac's herdmen. So Isaac named that well Esek which means argument. Now listen to this. That well, it had water, fresh flowing water, because it brought argument. He named it Esek. Isaac's men then dug another well, but again, there was a dispute over it. So Isaac named it Sitna, which means hostility. They were hostile. Abandoning that one, Isaac moved on and dug another well. This time, there was no dispute over it, for he said, at last, the Lord has created enough space for us to prosper in this land. He named it Rehoboth, which means open space. He dug up a well that he knew at one time was flowing with fresh water. He dug up another one, dug up another one, dug up another one. It had fresh, but there was, there was something that caused confusion. He dug up another one. There was another one that caused confusion. And he dug up another one, and there was no confusion. And he knew that must have been the well. But what did he do? He did not stop digging. He kept on, kept on, kept on digging. If this word said that he went through 50 wells, Oh, I believe on the 51st well, he would have found it. I don't believe he would have stopped digging until he found the well because there was a need for the well. It says here, he said, the Lord had created enough space for us to prosper in the land. Elijah dug through Esek, argument, Sitna, hostility, the pressing, the beating, the straining. The pressing, the beating, that was his olive press. And he kept on digging until the water or the oil or the anointing began to flow. Because what does it do when you keep pressing and keep pressing and all of a sudden the anointing comes out? What did I tell you at first it does? It broke off the yoke off of their neck. It broke the things off of them and set them free. The anointing set them free. We've been through the pressing, through the beating, and the straining over and over and over and over again. We've been through the Esek and the Sitna. I believe there's something in the Spirit in the name of Jesus. I pray that something breaks. Because what have we been doing? 
We have been digging up wells. We've been digging. We've been asking God, God, why? Where? What, 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 what can we do to acquire the fire? God, we want you, God. We, we, whatever it is, Lord, reveal to us. And it seems like all that he's answering us with is the more pressure, more pain, more questions. And I believe if I've ever been behind this pulpit with the word that's been inside me that I just felt need to be released, it's this word. There is priority in the position of where you are this very moment. There's purpose, priority, and position. If you can remember that, purpose, priority, and position. I believe we're about to see droplets of oil. Some of that is crazy. Spiritually, we're about to see, we're about to witness droplets of oil. Stay with me for a moment. We're going to pray together. You can pray in your seat. You can come down here wherever you feel led to do. But I pray that tonight that you would be encouraged in your spirit, even if someone at home, you're wondering why, why? I've not done nothing for this to come upon me. I believe that greater is coming. Greater is coming. The word says that the latter will be greater. Sister Terry said this past Wednesday, some things stirred in my spirit. It was just served as a reminder of what I already knew. The word was already in me. What I'm telling you is something that you already know. It's already in you. But I'm just through the spirit stirring it up, stirring it up. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we position our eyes upon you this very night. And we believe, Lord, as we can't see it with our own natural eyes, there must be purpose behind all of this pressing There must be purpose behind all of the straining and the beating. So this night, Lord, we declare, Father, that we will look in the Spirit. We will look in the Spirit. We will walk in the Spirit. And, Lord, we will continue to go through the beating, through the pressing, because, Lord, we ask for it. We want your will to be done. We just ask you, God, that you would, Lord, You would continue daily to give us what we need because I believe, Lord God, we're at the end and I'm not just talking about the last days of you returning because I believe there's some things that you promised us, Lord, that we're going to see on this earth. We're believing, Lord, as we've seen in in men and women of old that there was a sacrifice, there was a pressing, there was something that they continued to go through that, that did something to their flesh that allowed their mind and their spirit to come together and and activate, Lord, 
in the spirit. And that's through, Lord, when there could be laying on of hands and miracles take place and signs and wonders and, and demons cast it out because we know, Lord God, that we... Lord, our bodies may be made of flesh, Lord, but our spirit is a spirit. It's not flesh. So I pray in Jesus' name the same way, Lord, that a magnet, two magnets together, Lord, it would, the opposite would cause them to uh, not attract, but Lord, they would be separated, that you would remind us, Lord, that our minds and our spirit are not to be connected. They're not to be connected, that we would reverse that spiritual magnet to know, Lord God, that when we see the things, we pray in Jesus' name. We're believing in Jesus' name, Lord God, that, that through this pressing that we are going to see, Father, the anointing to break the yokes that has been on people for far too long. And Lord, we're in this together. We're in it to win it. And I believe we're going to see it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.